part two of Blockbusters by the Decade. As mentioned at the end of uh, the first part of this, we went a little over, so decided to split it up into two parts. Um, so if you haven't listened to part one yet, please go back and do that. If you have listened to part one, thanks for uh, tuning into part two. Um, Tim and I will dive into a little bit of our thoughts on the future of uh, where blockbusters are headed, if at all, and where we think um, what the, what that will look like. Um, so thanks again for listening and enjoy part two. So in your research, did you find any movies that you weren't sure were a blockbuster or not? Uh, again, it's a, I, I took this one on as a lot of gut reaction stuff, uh, or gut reaction responses. Um, cause I don't know, blockbuster, blockbuster movies, it should, it should be a thing much like cameos that we can, we should be like, all be able to agree on pretty easily because it's such a widely used word. Um, but, but now uh, things are changing um, as we talked about, and we're heading into a new era, I think, yeah. uh, especially, you know, people are listening to podcasts <laughs> yeah. and want stories. Um, you know, there's, it's not just, uh, feed me, you know, feed my eyes, colorful lights and things blowing up. It's like, not nah, feed my mind actually. Too. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. So I guess, uh, what, all right, we, so do we come to the, the decision, or did you come to the decision, can a blockbuster be on a streaming service? I say yes. Okay, I, I'm actually going to say no. Okay. Because I don't think there's the anticipation that goes into it. The highly anticipated nature of blockbusters, I feel like, is essential. I don't know. I feel like with this Irishman movie, there was, so, there was almost a year of hype. And I would hear it on podcasts. I would hear it on... You know, just discussions with my friends in newspaper or in online articles. But it wasn't like the Star Wars movies who come out every Christmas or the the Avengers movies who are sold with and kids are wearing the shirts and adults are wearing the shirts. That's, again, going to the different demographics. They got so many people. And now they have, you know, they have uh, the female stories. The Black Widow is coming out this year, which I'm actually looking forward to a lot. Um, you know, that's, they're, 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 they're pretty darn smart in terms of producing a movie that a lot of people are going to consume and yeah. like, and I'm one of those people, I'm going to be honest. Like, so my next question was, what was your, your, uh, your favorite, uh, blockbuster of 2009? Well, actually maybe of the past, ten, of, of this era, of this era. Um, well, you prepped, you prepped me with 2019, so that's what I did the research for. Okay, right, right. And as I was going through there, again, there's just so much repetitiveness. Like, it was either a sequel or, like, something that just already been done. 2019, they came out with a Lion King again, which, which yeah. was actually was one of the top grossing. It was, like, it was essentially a, a shot for shot yeah. of the cartoon one, but just with CGI. It's just the lack of originality in all these blockbusters today is really kind of what is, I don't know. Just, just getting to me or turning me off to the whole idea of like these big budget films, but so, and now, and now that's that's something we didn't touch on in the 2010s remakes. 
Yeah, remakes. It's the you watched the South recent watched the South Park the member berries. No, I don't really watch the recent stuff. Okay, so but it's just like these nostalgic polls that are not even original. Like so, I started rolling my eyes when okay, yeah, you're making a Pirates of the Caribbean. It's based off of it's based off of a ride that everyone. Now we're making movies based off of just remakes of movies, and for me, there rarely is the remake going to be as good as the original. But well, they that's, see- where, that's where the formulas come in. It's like, all right, what did people like about this? What can we put into the next one where we know they're just going to gobble it up? And they, yeah, that's what that that's what that's again. This one should have been labeled Doritos and Corn Syrup. Like, I agree. Me- yeah, not nineties. I I say this is this is more of like that feel good junk food that that's just being out. So my favorite from the two thousand nineteen again. I'm always I'm always coming down to two. It's between Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Joker. Um, mm. So I gotta say I I think going into those movies I would have told you that my favorite one was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I think I really did enjoy The Joker more more than that. So The Joker is my answer for 2019. What about you? Uh, my answer actually, I Phil and I discussed being like almost embarrassed about some of our picks because it's wasn't like, a great movie year last year. What's that? It was not a great movie year last no, year, especially for blockbusters. I had two choices. Um, one to make myself sound cooler, but the first one is is Avengers Endgame. Uh, yeah, it was a culmination. Of, I watched those movies for the past twelve years and was like invested in that universe in terms of you know, well, not only the characters, but it had never been done in the uh, cinematic in, in cinematography before shooting all these different movies and different characters and creating this universe and then merging them all together for this pinnacle. If you've seen the movie, these, these pinnacle, this pinnacle fights where the Avengers assemble, it is like, I get giddy. And so that's why, honestly, that's, that's why that's my number one, but I was also going to go with John Wick three. Yeah. Because I think, the John Wick movies are so cool, and I, I was just really looking forward to that. Like, I feel like we get used to looking to some blockbusters, like the fact that a Star Wars is released every Christmas, or and a, and a, a Marvel movie is released once or twice. Like, I, that's what I liked about the John Wick ones. Is like, yeah. I thought the first was original, and like, I just looked forward to what other choreography is going to come out. I love, love John Wick one, love John Wick two. John Wick three, I thought it just felt like a money pull to me, but I still enjoyed oh, it. The, do- the dogs were sick, dude. Like, like using the dogs to. Yeah, it's, I, I felt the movie really slowed down when like him and Halle Berry were doing like martial arts. I'm just like, okay, I'm watching someone who is trained, not nat. Like, I'm watching two old people trained in martial arts rather than, you know. But I think it's cool that they did do their own stunts. It's just it definitely showed off in that third one that they're both they're both. 50 plus year olds, you know, action heroes. Okay. So on the top, on the topic of favorite, right, what are you looking forward to this coming year for blockbusters? So as you probably heard in, in like these past, some of my past favorites, I'm a big bond guy. James oh, yeah. Bond in the James Bond series, especially with Daniel Craig. I think between him and Pierce Brosnan, they're, they're my generation's bond. And I, and I'm siding more with Daniel Craig than I even now with, with Pierce. So they've got a move. He's got the next movie in that series coming out. Uh, no time to die, the Bond movie with Remy Remy Malek as the as the bad guy, and then that Christoph um, 
who's the guy from uh, Inglorious Bastards? Christoph, Christoph Wall. Christoph Waltz. Yeah, he's he's reappearing back awesome. into this new one. The, awesome. it, it just looks awesome. Cool. Um, what about you? So I, I have uh, this coming year. So uh, directors are totally what my draw is right now. So my answer, I, I had to do some research because honestly, it's like besides like the Black Widow one and all the movies being pulled from theaters right now, it's kind of, I had to remind myself what was coming out. Yeah. So, um, so maybe this was a little different than it would have been in the theaters. Yeah, it's I was really reported the movie called The Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Uh, actually, I haven't seen it, but the, so this coming, that actually already came out. But this year, I'm looking forward to a movie called Antebellum. It's by Jordan Peele. Uh, he's done uh, Get Out and yep. uh, Us, This Is Us, or whatever. No, just Us. Um, so he's coming out with one, and he's just been a really interesting, kind of new age director that I'm sure. curious to see. It has, it's something to do with, um, there's, there's definitely, in the trailer, there's, shots of you know uh plantations and slavery but then there's also modern uh modern shots as well with a uh a 911 operator in the background so it's, it just looks like they're, they're he, he's got an interesting mind so anyways yeah. that's my answer um did you like his first two i did uh i thought get out was too hyped up i wish i didn't hear anyone's opinion on it and just saw it yeah um, but uh, no, I, I did, I did, and that's why I'm looking forward to it. I was a fan of Get. I was a fan of Get Out. I don't think I think that was one that Maddie's talking about that wasn't initially a blockbuster, but word of mouth just travels so quick that I think it's it quickly became a blockbuster. And that's why the cultural aspect is so important. People went out and saw it. Yeah, like, you know, for I sure. And Laura, our sister Laura, told us to go see it, and that she was, you know, she thought it was an important. Oh, I, I'd seen it before. She she asked. I mean, because. I don't know. It's just something Chris and I were just going to the movies a lot, and we, we loved it. And like, it, it automatically bought our ticket to us, which was the next one, which I didn't like as much. But I think he still got me. If he, if I'll definitely go see if, if the movie's open again, I'll go see Antebellum too. That that'll be a good one. So my last question for you: So you, you and I have we always like Phil and I we talk about all sorts of types of movies, but flops and disappointments are some of our favorites. Mm. And like, we just love to laugh about them. And it's, it, it just amazes us <laughs> how much money and effort goes into some of these movies that they, they think they got the formula, right? They, and then again, they oversaturate the shit out of the trailers yeah. and everything. And they're just awful. So I got, I'm going to ask you what, what, what was maybe an example of either one movie you went in expect. All right. So three quick, three part question. Okay. What was one movie you went in expecting to like because of the trailer? Yep. What was one movie that was just clearly... Well, let's start, let's start with that one. What was one movie you went in and you thought you were going to like and you were just so disappointed? Okay, so this is in the heart or starting at the pinnacle of the Adam Sandler era. He had come out with so many... Yeah, he had come out with so many, like... Um, you know, gem, gems, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Um, he was just putting out great movies, Waterboy. And he put out this one called Little Nicky, which, <laughs> which I was so excited for. I'm like, Adam Sandler can do no wrong. And I just sat there for 90 minutes. If you can hear Crystal in the background, she's saying it's awful. 
And I, I almost was in tears, not because of crying, because of how bad that movie was. It was just so, and it just, it just almost broke my heart because it felt like it was like Adam Sandler created such a bad movie that this, he might not come back from this. It's so bad. He came back and he's, he's like a plague, dude. Yeah, no, he's definitely cashed a couple checks or more than a couple checks after that, but I was just heartbroken at how bad that movie was because he was on such a hot streak and. Uh, just, and then he just went on the cult. That's the worst yeah, streak ever. But people yeah. still watch that. He still he, he, somehow people still paid money to see all that stuff. Um, so for me, I, I I brought this one up, and this is a controversial one amongst most of my friends and people I share movie taste with. Uh, so I was so excited for The Wolf of Wall Street. And was so disappointed with the execution of it. Okay. Why? Because you, me, and Terry went to go see this movie. And I, me and Terry, I think, liked it. I know I liked I, it. I thought it was so over the top. And I was rolling my eyes most of the time. First off, you know me. We talk about Leo almost too much. Yeah. To, to a concerning degree. We love him. Um, but uh, anyway, so I'm so excited. Jonah Hill's in it. You know, it's just such a great cast. And, and the story is supposed to be so big. This it is it is a big story. In a, in a, I don't know how much they spent on the movie, but I just remember being so excited for it. And the the Quaalude scene where he just I just hated. I was uncomfortable watching poor Leo act poorly. Like oh, I, see, I he's thought the he was, best. He's yeah. my favorite. And it was like watching. It's like you know I don't know. Like it just it just I didn't I didn't like it. All right. I was watching, you know, I don't know. I was a fan of the movie. It was the introduction of Margot Robbie, too, who's since had an awesome career. Well, I mean, she's, yeah, she's incredible. But in terms of, like... Rob Reiner was in it. And, like, it was... It's just... It's had so many memes that have come out of that and that I've just enjoyed. Even when it's, when it's back on TV. The background so. actors, just, like, the whole, like, yeah, yeah, just, like, the whole, like... The macho... Was, I'm sure it wasn't too from that like I'm sure it was wild and crazy but just like it was the way that it was shot and like the they wanted it I, I, I could feel like the director or like the cameraman like trying to hype up the scene yeah and like of course Leo is way over the top and he gives his full effort um but I was also disappointed Maddie also brought this up uh McConaughey was sold in that movie this we is true the trailer. yeah Matthew McConaughey is doing that. Yeah. Pound mm-hmm. <clears throat> his chest. And, like, that was, like, I was, like, dude, McConaughey and Leo, like, Jonah Hill, oh, like, yeah, I'm down. They did. They, they sold McConaughey, McConaughey hard in that trailer, and he was in it. He was more of a cameo in that movie than anything. And that's and that's the crazy art of trailers. They can deceive you. Um, another one I was really deceived on was the Godzilla movie with uh, – with Brian Cranston, uh, the trailer looked dope. Like they're dropping out of a plane, the eerie music. Like that's the thing about a trailer. You get a guy who knows how to, how to you know, use a score to build anticipation or like really get you, or like, you know, cut the scenes just right when they don't even pan out that way. Yeah. You can really be sucked into a movie. Um, do, that, do you think you have a trailer like that that you could think of? That was good in that movie. Like a little deceiving, like the trailer was like, "Oh, that yeah. looks sweet," and then you, it was just like, "Yep, 
So I do have one of those, but I mean, to your point with the Brian Cranston movie, it's, you know, spoiler alert, Brian Cranston dies like in the first hour. And then as soon as he dies, it's just, the movie's just awful after that. And they, but he's the star of the show and you don't even get to end the movie with him. It's, so it kind of, but, it, but it's also, it was always going to be a blockbuster because it's Godzilla. Godzilla, right. So that, that's another that thing. The King Kong Godzilla will always be a blockbuster just because of its history and cinema. So, so the way I yeah true the way I attack this favorite trailer one or disappointing trailer, I guess I it was more of the trailer was better than the movie itself. I wasn't disappointed in this movie, but the trailer highlighted a lot about the first twenty minutes, which didn't really. So the tra- the trailer I'm talking about is Spectre. It's the last James Bond movie to come out. It's following Skyfall. The trailer is just all the first scene. From Mexico City, he's in a helicopter. He's got the skull mat. He's got the skull mask in. Buildings are collapsing around, and it's just like, all right, this is an action-packed. Like this is this movie's going to be great. And then come to find out, like that. Okay, yeah, that opening scene is phenomenal, but it's only 15 minutes, and then it kind of got into a subpar Bond movie after that. So though I still like the movie, and I'd rewatch it again if it's on cable. But the the I went in with a lot more hype because of an awesome trailer than, than the movie really, you know, delivered on. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, that's where I kind of like, we're again, we're moving away from blockbusters and believing in that because we've been fooled so many times. I feel like that now we roll our eyes when we sometimes see a big blockbuster trailer yeah. because we've been, tri- we've been, yeah. where those your heart's been broken. It's brittle. We are such jerks. Like, like, I, I've been duped into so many movies that I just like, okay, whatever. Another one actually for me was Swiss Army Man with Paul Dano. And, uh, was that a blockbuster? Know, it was really, it was an indie flick that just looked really cool. And I thought it was just going to be like, just, I don't know, a little bit more touching and intimate than it was. Yeah. It, was just, it was a little bit weirder. Anyways, uh, but the score is da, 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 da. like it's throughout the whole movie too. Dan was actually singing it, but it got me. The score got me, and like it shows him writing. Who's um Harry Potter? That uh, David something. No, it's not David. Anyways, Daniel um, something. Daniel Radcliffe. Radcliffe, um, right? Yeah. So he's like riding him through waves, and just like looked cool. But it was me and Jackie, my old roommate, went inside, and it was just disappointing. Um, anyways, what's the third part? What's the third question you got? Uh, third question. Um, I, I don't know. Let's, I, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess. So do you, after, after everything, do you still think we're, are we entering it at the end of the blockbuster era? Blockbuster era or are they going to continue for a long time? They will. They're, for as long as there's movies, there's always going to be stuff that we, that we, deem blockbusters versus just regular movies and i think now we're moving into an era where i think our producers are going to be smarter they're going to they're going to advertise oh this is an indie movie but it's it'll be an indie movie disguised as a blockbuster so just got to keep your guard up i think your four the four components if if it looks like and smells like and tastes like and feels like it feels like a blockbuster chances are it is no matter what forum it's coming at you so just keep yeah. your arm, like, because a lot of people do that. Like, I think The Shape of Water was kind of introduced as that. Like, oh, this is, you know, such a, you know, a timepiece and an artsy piece. 
it, it, it checked off everything that a natural that a that a blockbuster would be. But I think it kind of fooled the academy in that in that sense. Um, I did have one question for you, Doug, though, before we end the podcast. It says, um, um, let's see, my notes here. It says, do you have a movie that you went into and you were surprised on how much you liked it? Mm-hmm. So based off the trailer, there wasn't, you know, there was hype, whether there was hype or not. So it wouldn't be a movie, it would be a blockbuster. Whether there was hype or not for this blockbuster, did you go into the, a movie thinking you weren't going to like it and ended up being surprised in the end on how much you did like it? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, one that I, hmm, so, so I, I didn't go in, I wasn't going to like it. So I got, I, I got, I got mine, um, so while you're maybe thinking of yours, but, I, so it was a popular one, it was, we were, it was a Christmas time, it was a Christmas release, we oh, went into the, very... you know what I'm going, you know what I'm talking about? Go ahead. So we were going into the movies, and I was just like, okay, this is going to be like another one of those superhero movies. It was uh, James, uh, well, what's his name? James, it was, it was, so it's Avatar. The movie that I liked was Avatar. So, yeah. But I, I went in there thinking like, okay, this is just going to kind of be one of those, you know, fantastic mythical worlds, which it was. But the movie theater, I think my movie theater experience was just awesome. There's people, literally, you, you were with us, right, when we went to go see that? There's there's people just stacked in the seats. Like, so people had snuck in. They'd given you 3D glasses, which, again, I was like, okay, like, I've seen the 3D movie. But this just had, like, way more depth. The story was really cool. Um, James, I can't think of his name. James Cameron. James Cameron movie. Oh, the director. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I don't know, the whole movie, I went in thinking it wasn't going to be great. And I came out, like, high-fiving everyone because it was just... I don't know. It was one of the coolest movie experiences I've ever had. And it doesn't hold up. That movie doesn't hold up. I think that's one that you need to see in the theaters, but I wasn't, went in not expecting anything to see Avatar and came out a fan. Well, I guess one that I had like that, I I was actually thinking the opposite. I real quick, um, I was thinking of actually a movie we were going in expecting to like, and we hated uh, Dumb and Dumber 2. Ugh. Oh my god. First off, we didn't talk about any comedies pretty much amongst all of these blockbusters like Austin Powers or Ace Ventura. Um, so, unlike us, though, to not talk about comedies. Well, just we really could go into like, there's so, there's so much with this topic that we could go up to. I mean, we're at an hour and a half right now. We could go into two hours, but. Let's let's wrap things up. But what was your, what was your Dumb and Dumber two experience like? Oh no, we just we all. I think it was around Thanksgiving time. We were over at the the dailies in Albany. So, anyways, we always go out for a movie um, the day after Thanksgiving or two days later or something. And uh, we went. And so, of course, Dumb and Dumber is one of our favorite movies of all time. Jim Carrey, Jeff Daniels got the name right. Um, and uh, uh, no, the time and uh, the. Uh, we all went in expecting, wow, this is finally the two of them are getting back together in their classic roles. And it was God awful. We were there, our whole family, our whole family was, was laughing out loud at how bad it was. It was brutal. We, was heckling, we were heckling the screen. It was brutal. Almost. It was almost like a Rob, it was a Rob Riggle film more than it was like a Jim Carrey film. It, it, it was just so stupid. It was so dumb. Like, none of the jokes were landing. Like, 
all the all they, the old they pull a catheter out of like Jim's been like Lloyd's been playing a 15 20 year joke on Harry like so it's just dumb. so it's just right off the top the premise would yeah like that whole joke that he'd been pretending to be a mute for all that time and yeah to be a vegetable essentially yeah what well, no. A major, a major flop. And I would say most sequels, too. I mean, it's rare that a sequel is going to be better than the original. Unless you have, like, that series where, like, a Star Wars or a Lord of the Rings. Like, if you're just, if it's the decision, okay, this movie was, was really good. We didn't have a plan for a sequel because of its initial success. We're going to make a sequel. Nine times out of ten, don't bother going to see that sequel in the theaters because it's going to suck. Yeah, uh, so, all right, quick question off the th- do you have a favorite sequel? What do you think is one of the best sequels ever? Well, I think we could probably do a whole podcast on sequels, but... Yeah, true, true. Um, if I had to just, off the top of my head, Empire Strikes Back. From, nice. Good choice. Do that or Godfather 2. But yeah. that, that's really without thinking about it. I didn't have that in my notes. Yeah. And that's that's really all I got, though. Um, but, I mean... I, I personally think with this streaming era that we're, we're kind of working away from blockbusters and again who knows what's going to happen with the theater experience after everything True. happens with this coronavirus but on a positive note there's still going to be so much that's coming out after all this so we're talking about saturation <laughs> true um, we thought at the end of the, this podcast you could just bring up one note around the actual blockbuster stores I know we we mentioned it earlier in the podcast. Just for anyone who never got to experience, or I guess everyone is listening, it's not that long ago that these things were here, but really just because couldn't go through a whole Blockbuster podcast without actually bringing up the store itself. I know it's a cliche. Everyone talks about, you know, that's it was such a favorite. It was such a good feeling to walk into a Blockbuster and pick out a movie. But I think we'd be remiss not to mention it. Like, it really was. It was such a cool part it was of a, exactly. movie experience. It was, it was thing people were sharing. You were waiting for people to return the popular movie because it was sold out. Like there was, it was a big, it was a cultural place to gather. There was a place where in society where we could gather around art essentially, which yeah. is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, you, it, it was a whole experience. And even when I was living in Asheville, so mo- most movie rental stores are gone. There's, there's one Asheville, blockbuster left and it's in Oregon. And it's privately owned. It's more of a museum than anything else. But well, they had a, a small little movie store uh, called Orbit in uh, in Asheville. That was pretty cool. And but we we would just go specifically to look through the all the DVDs and just kind of make a choice and enjoy the process of looking it out. So I think that's something we're losing um, with streaming. Uh, but it is the more collective experience. Um, but that being said probably more people are watching the same stuff because of this. They're sharing the same services. True. But cool. different, different. But. All right, man. Well, this is by far uh, the longest we've gone on a, on a podcast. So I think it's pretty, pretty safe where we end here. Um, I mean, there was so much stuff that even in my notes that we didn't get to talk to, I was so excited to do this one with you. And I mean, I think we could have gone two hours, but well, for our listeners' sake, we'll, we'll just end it here. We've, we've put them through enough pain. Um, yeah. yeah, if you've held on for this long. Yeah, yeah. God love you. you. But you must be bored as shit. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are, for sure, but we're, we're having a ton of fun doing this. And uh, I think we may even possibly be setting up an Instagram or some sort of forum where 
you guys, whoever's listening, can uh, put their input in to you know what, whatever we've talked about, and uh, maybe yeah. even you know start some conversation uh, about these topics. Yep. So look look for that. It'll just be easier to get to it. So I think the first comment on this podcast will be like, "You guys should have cut this by about forty minutes." Okay, we get it. But uh, thanks thanks for hanging in there, anyways. And dog, you stay safe there in Goffstown. I'll do the same here in Kittery. Give Mookie a pet for me, all right? All right, homie. All right, man. Peace. Got my stapler, got my shirt and tie. Set me up to zone.